and welcome to this week's episode of Live Out Loud, the fifth in the current podcast series from Axis Web, with me, Lucy Wright. The past few weeks, we've been talking a lot about issues of care, raised and underlined by the current COVID-19 situation. This week, we wanted to focus on another crucial aspect of care, parenthood, and specifically motherhood, and its impacts on an artist's practice and career. I'm joined this week by three wonderful guests, Robin Leroy Evans, Laura McLaughlin and Emily Speed, all artists and parents who share their thoughts, experiences, frustrations and vulnerabilities from the coalface of motherhood and art making. This is a really important episode that gets into the nitty gritty of what it means to raise and care for children at the same time as pursuing an artistic practice, and why the burden of labour for domestic chores and child rearing still falls disproportionately on women. This episode, like all those before it, was recorded in my kitchen, at home in the outskirts of Leeds. Emily and Lauren also join me by Google Hangouts from Cheshire and Edinburgh, and Robin, get this, speaks to us all the way from New Orleans, local time 7am. Towards the end of the episode, you might also hear a few small contributions from her little girl, who wakes up and goes looking for her mum. It seemed kind of perfect actually, keeping things real in this conversation about the challenges and joys of balancing art and parenthood. I hope you enjoy it. As usual, I'll begin by asking our three artists to introduce themselves. First question, the, the basics. Um, I want to ask everybody to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about your practice. And I'm going to start with Lauren because you're the top of my screen, if that's okay. Sure, yeah. Um, so my name is Lauren McLaughlin. I'm a multidisciplinary artist and curator and educator based in Edinburgh um, and I work a lot a lot in collage, neon, installation yeah um, and I'm also the founder of Spilt Milk Gallery which is an online membership network um, an online gallery that promotes the work of artists who are mothers so we have an international membership network now which is kind of I think we've got over a hundred members um, and normally we curate pop-up exhibitions and events and workshops, but for obvious reasons, that's all on, on hold just now. Robin, same question to you. Can you introduce yourself and a little bit about your practice, please? Hi there. I'm Robin Leroy Evans. Um, I'm an artist based in New Orleans. I work in photography, installation and performance. I use predominantly... Uh, different materials like fabric and personal materials like um, our my my like my hair and my uh, my partner's hair and my daughter's hair and my work and um, also bedding from our shared bed and <laughs> old clothes and things like that so very personal materials as well as draped fabrics to kind of talk about the the mothering body and the you know family bodies and how they interact with each other I have been feeling more pulled towards art making recently and that feels really good just because I think a part of me needs that and I haven't really given myself permission to do that since this whole thing started so you know working towards trying to figure out a way to to fit that in with my partner and it's definitely a challenge yeah, absolutely. Emily, same question to you. An introduction to yourself and your practice. 
Hey, so um, I'm Emily Speed and I'm based up in Cheshire in the northwest in quite a small village. And yeah, I've been an artist for 20 years, I guess, and um, work around the body and architecture. I'm really interested in like power dynamics in that and especially with women and spaces that we get to inhabit. So that's kind of an ongoing concern, which is shifted around during the years but um alongside my practice which is kind of sculpture and drawing and film and performance I've kind of really been involved in advocacy for artists as well for the last sort of 10 and 12 years and artist council for AN and on their board which I've just stepped down from so it's kind of a funny time of um a little bit of evaluating where I'm at and what I would like to be doing which I don't know the answers to, um, but I am working on a new commission for Tate Liverpool, which will be opening next April if, yeah, I'll just say if, because I'm not really able to work very much at the moment. I'm looking after my young son. So yeah, that's kind of keeping me up at night while I think about what I might do and when I might be able to start work. So it's exciting, but frustrating at the moment. Thanks very much. And that's a really good segue into the next question. So Aside from myself, I know that everyone that I'm speaking to today is a parent and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about how or if being a parent shapes, impacts or informs the work that you do and, and how that kind of works. I'll start with uh, Emily, just to reverse the order, if that's OK. Yeah, so how <laughs> I mean, the question you're asking is really interesting in that I'm only just beginning to see how that's happening and my kids for. So these are kind of things which have a really profound impact, but in terms of seeing it in your practice, it's maybe not not as straightforward for everyone. I know you guys make um really work really directly about that relationship, but I uh I think I tried to avoid it at first and it's just impossible to avoid. So um in, in the work itself, I think women have become much more in the foreground. And then I would say that in terms of the practice and how that happens, in a way, it's kind of made me think that art is just untenable as a career. And it's difficult to see how to carry on with it in a way when there's so many profound problems in the way that the art world functions. So yeah, there's this kind of impact of having different priorities and really questioning things and then where that leaves you in terms of what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to do once you have somebody else um, that you're looking after. So yeah, there's a kind of two, twofold um, impact, I guess. There's some really important stuff that I hope we can unpack a little bit later in the conversation, yeah. Same question to Robin, please. So yeah, as I, as I kind of touched on, um, when my daughter was born in 2017, you know, my practice, was completely changed forever and it was this very I, I just couldn't not make work about what I was feeling and thinking about and so my practice did change I mean I had always always been interested in you know the kind of historical and mythological connotations behind drapery and that transferred into making work about, you know, like I said, the mothering body and how these draped folds represent and could be symbols of folds of flesh. So it really kind of continued from there. And I 
made images as well as installation work. And I've also done some performance in that kind of line as well. Um, while I was pregnant, I, I was performing and that was a really interesting experience too. Very, you know, very odd experience thinking about, you know, it's not just me making this work anymore. It's, I'm also, I'm also, you know, inadvertently um, making this work with another person inside of me. So, you know, the, the whole motherhood experience really um, transformed my practice. And, and it was also extremely challenging for me to get my head around around making work and and being an artist because I had kind of always been surrounded by thinking about these other very successful women artists who had made very very negative comments about art and motherhood and I had kind of let that seep into me and I was so afraid of not being able to continue or you know, having this tremendous anxiety about being a mother and artist and an artist and not being taken as seriously. And it took a lot of time and research and the support of other women artists and people like Lauren who, you know, reached out to me and, and you know, it's that validation that, yeah, for me, it was such an emotional <laughs> journey. And <laughs> I'm getting emotional now because... <laughs> I'm also pregnant again. So it's like a huge weird time for me right now. And I'm having a lot of the same feelings. Um, but I know that it is possible, um, but there are so many challenges to overcome. And for me, you know, as an artist, trying to actually survive solely as an artist, isn't really possible right now and I've you know had to kind of take on a new a new career path um, alongside my art and art has definitely become secondary lately just because you know I've had to kind of keep keep the lights on you know and I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face as artists is finding that balance to you know to live and work and it's it's really tough but it's something that's so important to me that I'm so determined to make work for myself. And even if that means, you know, doing something that doesn't necessarily speak to my soul as much as art making does, as long as I can have that time to create, that's, that's everything to me. Thanks, Robin. And massive congratulations in order. And yeah, you speak so well and so clearly for, for so many people, I think, including myself, you know, people listening now about that that difficulty of balancing everything in your life, whether that be parenting or other kinds of work and and, and the need to, to be an artist too. So thanks for that. Um, same question. Can I, sorry, uh, can I just ask Robin a question? Congratulations as well. I was really struck in your work, the growing dance work, how it was almost like the opposite of those hidden mothers from Victorian photos and how you foregrounded the women. So, and kind of hid the, the child in a way I'd wondered if you knew about those or if that was something you were trying to do whether it just happened thanks Emily for your question yeah um yeah it I definitely looked at that work um the hidden mothers from the Victorian era and I I guess 
unintentionally, I did do the opposite, I guess. And I hadn't ever really thought of it like that. But yeah, for me, it was, you know, because I'm, I'm the central figure, I guess, in those images. And it was all about, and it is kind of all about my experience versus uh, focusing on the child. And so the the titles of a lot of the pieces, there's a reminder that there's a child and like I hint at the fact that there's a child because a lot of the title, like I think every title in that series is actually as if I'm speaking to my daughter. So for example, one is called uh, I can't remember exactly the title, but it's something like I look um, the um, the conversations that we'll have I look forward to or something like that. And it's, you know, because my daughter was still so very young when I made that work. I um, she was nine months old when that show opened, so you know she she had no language yet, and she, you know, there was it was very one sided. So it was all it was all me, and that was what I was trying to get across was the, the feeling that I had of being both kind of inextricably connected to this other human, but also very much separated in how I was feeling emotionally a lot of the time. So yeah, that duality was definitely there. And Thanks for pointing that out too. I didn't, I never really thought about that with the hidden mothers and how it was kind of the opposite. Cause yeah. Thank you for your question. Awesome. Thanks. And so to, turning to Lauren, uh, to tell us a little bit about how, or if being a parent shapes, impacts, informs your work. Yeah, sure. So um, just to say to Robin, like you just illustrated beautifully how, complex and how emotional and what an emotional roller coaster the whole journey of being um, an artist and a parent is and I think um, so my maybe my journey was maybe a bit back to front so I became a mum when I was 20 so I was a young mum and this was before I went to art college or anything or had an art career really so I've kind of I was a mum and then an artist so it's always really impacted my practice and possibly in more of an intense way, I'm not sure. But I think throughout my, you know, the early parts of my career, I was just really craving to see work that I emotionally connected with my own experience. Um, And I really felt that that was lacking. I was like, where where are all the other mothers in the art world? Like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, (laughs) you know, where is everyone? Um, And so it, it felt quite isolating. And for a long time, I was kind of making all this work about, you know, being a single mom and kind of um, having a young child and kind of feeling like no one else really got it. And it took me quite a while to kind of find like a tribe of other mums in the art world. And when I did find find them, um, it was like a huge turning point. I suddenly kind of felt like I was connected to this amazing group of of artists who just kind of got what I was making um, and got me Um, and then a kind of that kind of sparked as well the beginnings of spilt milk I was kind of like I want to you know I want to shout about this I want to create a platform for all of us to present our work and you know present these experiences which are so important but are just invisible within the sort of mainstream culture so yeah and I think 
yeah, my practice, kind of the sort of physical limitations of a practice. Um, I've uh, obviously parent being a parent has impacted that, you know, so for a long time, I didn't have a studio. I'd be working at home like a lot of parent artists do. Um, so the kitchen table was really my studio for a long time. And I create a lot of collage. And that's something that's something I really started to take seriously after I graduated and I was at home. Um, my son was like seven or eight at the time. And so, you, you know, it has to be the sort of materials that I work with have to be kind of like non-toxic, non too messy, etc. So collage was like a really excellent way of just being able to kind of have a creative output that was quite accessible. And that's really sort of maintained throughout my practice. And even though in the past year or so I've kind of moved, yeah, I have been able to kind of work on larger scale projects and um, installation and things. But then as soon as, you know, We've kind of come into lockdown it's like I'm back at the kitchen table making collage so it, yeah it's kind of come full circle in a way which is interesting. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about Spilt Milk just before we move on? I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah sure so I founded Spilt Milk in I think it was like early 2018 um, and I'd kind of been you know thinking about doing something curating a show um, for a while for a few years actually yeah Eventually, so in 2018, I, I launched Spilt Milk and I, with, um, I think there was 12 artists to start with and Robin was one of them. Um, and really it was, so it's an online gallery, um, I guess. Yeah, the first exhibition was a, a, a film screening in Edinburgh. And then we had um, a physical exhibition in October. Yeah, so it's basically, evolved into this international membership network of artists who are mothers. And the purpose really is to create accessible opportunities for mother artists to show our work. So a lot of stuff happens online, but then there's obviously pop-up exhibitions, member shows, etc. but they're all child friendly. Any workshops that I've been doing over the past couple of years have childcare or are baby friendly. Um, and just small things like, you know, making sure that the venues we hold our pop-up exhibitions in are accessible, have baby changing facilities, the openings are like not at prime putting baby to bed time. <laughs> so we kind of, you know, it seems like such small changes that make such a huge difference um, to parents and the arts. So yeah, the sort of longer term goals of Spilt Milk is to have a permanent space and have a residency program that's accessible for, for parents. It sounds really incredible. Um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit later on, hopefully, about things that the art world kind of needs to, to to do, to take in, to take on board, to to be more parent friendly, to be more accessible and open to, to everybody, regardless of, of whatever their situation is. But I think it's probably quite a good good linkage to the, the next question, which we've started to talk about a little bit, but about the kind of challenges and the benefits of being a parent and an artist or an artist and a parent, whichever <laughs> comes first. So, yeah, I mean, just any thoughts you have on that, on that. So ways that being a parent has really kind of been a positive thing and, and ways that it, it's, it's pretty challenging sometimes. It'd be great to hear. I'm going to go back to Emily, if that's all right. Um, yeah. So where to begin? <laughs> um I think, you know, like Robin sort of mentioned being in denial or like being scared of having um, things closed down when you have a, a, 
baby and I think I was in a similar situation so the first couple of years I had loaded on the work I'd said yes to everything while I was pregnant and like actually had a very difficult traumatic birth and and kind of near-death experience which probably after I'd finished all those projects a couple of years later I think it really hit me hard um and then just had a year where I really made very little so it's kind of interesting how the driver for taking on a lot of work was like a fear of disappearing um and a kind of reluctance to admit anything was going to change but actually you know everything changes and I think as he's got older I think in a way a baby needs you in a different way to a toddler and you know to a preschooler so things kind of shift as soon as you think you've got it it's like nope (laughs) we're on the next bit now so there's obviously the the practical things I gave up my studio when I was pregnant um and I haven't had one since so I'm on the dining table and then it's time isn't it time becomes so incredibly precious because you have so much less of it and then you know you can barely earn enough normally so if you have less time things just get quite tricky in that respect and I guess you also want to use your time differently so the main challenge is space time a lack of ability to focus and then the benefits are just you know so incredible and mainly in the way that that relates to art I think is just giving I think I've drawn a lot of confidence from being a mother in that I'm able to just prioritise in a different way. Um, And I really love having that clear vision about what is okay, what's not okay, what I need and what I cannot possibly even entertain the idea of. So that is incredibly valuable. Thanks. I'm really struck by this image of the dining room table or the kitchen table as this kind of site for art making. Like it's it's where I do everything too. And uh, it's kind of, I don't know, heartening and wonderful to hear that, that I'm not alone in that and that, you know, the incredible work that you, you all produce is, you know, is often produced in these small spaces too. So same question about challenges and benefits to Robin, please. Yeah, like I said, it's, for me, it's overcoming my own, I don't know if I can swear on here, but I was going to say my own bullshit, but you can maybe you, say. You can swear, it's fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, overcoming my own bullshit in my head about you know what's possible what's not possible um that has been a huge challenge so for me you know growing into somebody that is more confident like like Emily said you know being a mother you do get this like mama bear mentality about things and you know it kind of lights a fire under you and you realize yeah, I can, I can freaking do this, you know, like, I birthed this other human out of my body, like, I can, I can freaking do this, you know, like, it it definitely changes how you perceive yourself and what you're capable of. And that has been hugely beneficial for me, because I've always struggled with anxiety and, you know, self doubt and, I mean, as an artist, it's a constant battle with some of those things, I guess, but it's definitely shifted for me because, you know, since having my daughter, I've actually made more work and been busier as an artist than ever. And like my, my work has 
really progress in a way that I didn't expect. So, you know, with that maturity, I think, you know, newfound maturity, once you become a parent, you know, you have to grow up really fast. And that definitely has helped my work to grow. And also, you know, staying present is a huge, a huge part of parenting. And that also helps you kind of notice things that you may not have noticed before or may not have spent as much time noticing. And so, you know, especially when, you know, that first year of my daughter's life with us, I I was just noticing everything and I, everything became like this potential uh, conversation to have with my practice and all these little subtleties that you pick up on when you're caring for another person, you know, and you notice how your body moves and how your voice changes and you notice the things around you, um, like what, what holds significance and what doesn't hold significance anymore. And there's all these little subtleties that are really beautiful and um, incredible and it's very difficult to articulate because it is so so fleeting at times but those little changes and those little moments of noticing gave me so much you know they invigorated me and they sparked all this you know creative energy within me and Again, like Emily said, once she became a toddler, it completely changed. And so it is like starting again and having to completely figure out a way of re, you know, approaching things differently. That's really beautifully put. Thank you. Lauren, same question to you. Yeah, I mean, um, I would echo both what Emily and Robin said. Um, and it's true, you kind of do have to constantly adapt. Um, my son's 15 now. I uh, just turned 15 during lockdown, actually, which was a bit disappointing for him. But um, yeah, it's kind of, I've been on this kind of roller coaster for 15 years, and it's a constant kind of, you need to adapt your way of working, um, dependent on what stage they're at. Um, you know, obviously through kind of, I think once they get to kind of school age, then you're kind of, your your kind of time and your um, life basically then starts to revolve around kind of school timetables, um, school term times and holidays and all that kind of thing. I mean, now that he's older, it's obviously a lot easier in a lot of ways. I get plenty of time to myself, you know, I can tell him <clears throat> to go go into his room for a couple of hours and leave me alone and that's fine he will but at the same time it's much more emotionally challenging I guess and yeah I think the yeah teenagers definitely they almost need you more in some ways than you know physically they're kind of grown but yeah it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster with a teen um but also a lot of fun so yeah so I think again my practice is kind of adapting to that over these kind of years um, and it's kind of made me think more you know I'm kind of almost coming to the last few years of being like a full-time parent you know in a few years you'll go off to whatever he ends up doing you'll move move out etc 
and I'll be sort of reevaluating my life and my practice again, I guess. And I'm really recently thinking about, you know, all the women that have raised children and their children have left the nest, as you will, and then they're still trying to kind of fight for visibility and their, you know, their practices re-emerging. Yeah, I think that's another whole section of the art world that's pretty invisible we need to maybe do something about. It's a really important point, isn't it, that kind of you know, parenthood is not a kind of singular state. It's not something that happens and then everything stays the same, you know, from that yeah. point on. That it is this constant kind of evolution, I'm, I'm guessing, of, of kind of adapting to, to someone, someone else's life, someone else's needs, which change. So um, before we sort of before we uh, we had this recording, I think Lauren sent uh, a link to a Guardian article which was talking about uh, in academia, how male researchers, male academics are uh, sending huge numbers of, of articles uh, to journals, uh, much exceeding women's uh, contribution at the moment. And, and there's a kind of, you know, a, a discussion there about what the lockdown situation has meant on a kind of gendered, you know, basis along gender lines. Um, so, you know, for, for many women, it's meant a drop in productivity, uh, whereas for some men, it has meant, you know, an opportunity to finish off those those books and articles that, that have been hanging around. Um, and I just wondered if you want to talk about sort of specific barriers uh, or inequalities around being a mother specifically. Um, and I'm going to pose that one to Lauren because it was your really good suggestion to talk about this. Yeah, I guess I've been thinking a lot about about that recently, just in the past few weeks of lockdown. And there's been a lot of kind of articles popping up on my newsfeed, etc. Um, and I think it, it feels like in all inequalities have been magnified due to the pandemic. And so it's kind of, although barriers that maybe we've faced as women and mother artists, for example, you know, as a single parent, I've kind of had lots of periods in my life where I felt really isolated. And so the sort of social isolation we're all going through isn't completely alien to me. And in some ways, single parents and or artist parents maybe are possibly more well equipped to deal with it. But yeah, I've just been, I guess, thinking a lot about, you know, like in the UK, like 95% of single parents are mothers. Obviously, there's still the huge gender inequality in the art world in terms of, you know, there's some quite shocking statistics, like 2% of um, artworks purchased in auction were by women or yeah I can't remember the exact statistic but yeah so there's a kind of it's made me think about um whether this is going to be almost like a clean slate to try and create a new normal maybe this is an opportunity for all of us to kind of understand specific barriers that were ignored before um to do with access um gender etc or whether this is now kind of setting setting us back and yeah I mean obviously I'm a I can't speak about the sort of gender equality in the home because it's just me um but yeah I would be interested to kind of know how the sort of childcare balancing is working out for yeah parents during lockdown yeah absolutely does anyone else have anything they want to talk about in regards to kind of inequalities around around motherhood specifically um so robin yeah i think it's important to also point out that like the four of us 
are all a bunch of white ladies. So, you know, our experience is definitely going to be different. And um, it's just important to recognize that, I think, in this conversation, too, because, you know, the experience of a mother artist from a different background, um, I'm thinking about, like, same-sex parents who are artists or artists from different backgrounds, like, it's important to just recognize that, like, we're, we're speaking from our very privileged position in general, just, just, just needed to, like, say that, because it's something that, you know, has come up a lot with what's happening and how there's been so many, so many issues around inequality on all fronts due to the, you know, due to the pandemic. And, and like Lauren said, it's kind of highlighting all of all of these problems and being in the states as well like just there's there's just I I can't I can't go down that road because it will just go to a dark dark place but for me personally it's just been challenging because it made me realize how much I I mean I knew how much I did in a way but then I think also when you're a mother you're just kind of doing it and it is different for the male partners because they I don't know my partner at least like he he's always there to help if I ask him and he's always there to you know jump in and he's open for you know drawing up a schedule and all of that but of course it falls on me to initiate those conversations and to initiate that schedule making like it's all up to me and I think that that's a very um typical pattern is that and I don't want to sound too <laughs> I don't know it's just this is just I'm, I'm kind of generalizing and apologies like I might offend people because I know not every partnership is like this but you know, it just highlights that, like, in their, in their mind, you know, they kind of, kind of continue as they are, and they're not always thinking the same way that we are, and, and as mothers, I think we take on this more holistic, you know, approach to everything, and we, like, consider everybody, and we are always thinking of the other before ourselves, so, you know, when we're making a plan for the day, it's not, just oh this is what I want to do it's never just oh this is what I want to do it's almost like this weird feeling when you do say like this is what I want today because we're so not used I'm so not used to just coming out and saying that and I've had to learn to be more direct and ask for what I want more because if I don't then I won't get it and that is something that has been a huge lesson for me since becoming a mother and you know, being a partner as well, you know, just as my part, cause like my partner and I got pregnant three months into our relationship. So we had to, we had to learn each other really fast and we had to adapt really quickly. And it was really tough. And there's been a lot of ups and downs in, in our relationship since we got together, but we're finally in a better kind of steady place now. And we and yeah, we've come to this understanding, but it's it's like, you know, having a having a kid changes everything and it's very tough to navigate that. And as an artist, you you know, my partner understands that that is what is, you know, my calling, you know, that is what makes my heart sing. So whenever I talk about needing to make art, he's very supportive. But 
I have to, you know, it's up to me to ask for that. And there's very seldom an offering of, oh, let me just do this for you today. You know, like you have to ask for it. And that's, I think that's, that's just kind of par for the course, unfortunately, sometimes. I think that that term emotional labor gets misused. You know, I think the original meaning is quite different from how it's been evolved to, to, to be used now. But there is something really important in that, that kind of that hidden dialogue that's going on in your mind all the time to keep on top of things, to kind of be the house manager, in addition to the, the actual labor of doing the tasks that need doing, actually kind of being aware of what needs to happen is 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 such a kind of, it, it can be such a drain on your energies and, and, and your, you know, your thought processes. So yeah, same, same question to, to Emily about motherhood specifically, barriers, challenges, inequalities as you see them. Yeah, well, I mean, I laughed out loud at several bits of, of what you guys were saying in solidarity then. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the point about the kind of change of relationship or the imbalance um, as someone with a partner, I mean, we were together 12 years before we had our kids. So let me tell you, that didn't really make a difference in terms of how difficult the relationship is with another person involved, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. So yeah, there's a whole process with COVID-19 and the kind of loss. So my husband is working full time. He's quite stressed out. He has, you know, he can't be absent from his job. I think he's on his laptop on the sofa at the moment. But yeah, so there's a kind of loss of like being able to work and and a part of your identity in a way. So I think I've been through all the stages of like grief, anger, uh, and maternal anger is a real thing as well. So there's a kind of lots of new things that you deal with as a mother that are very challenging and yeah and you have to adjust to each other and and I think what Robin said about having to ask is really key because we you know other people don't perceive in the same way so yesterday I kind of saw this um a Japanese father on Twitter who had been uh, who kind of thought he was helping out while he was at home, but he'd listed his tasks, written them down for his wife, and then she proceeded to make a spreadsheet of about 220 specific tasks that she did compared to his 10 or something. Um, and I thought that was beautiful. It was like <laughs> incredibly um, expansive spreadsheet of absolutely everything she did. Um, and he was tweeting about what an eye-opener it was and how he was going to help more. And I just thought, yeah, there's the depth of it is is huge and every day we're just kind of still trying to find a balance but yeah at the moment I'm getting up at six and working till nine in the morning and then working a little bit in the evening if I can but I think the other thing that we don't necessarily talk about as a mother is that when you do have some time to yourself maybe you just want to have like a glass of wine and watch some telly and art's oh, really important to me but there's sort of finite energy as well yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not trying to belittle anyone's experience by by kind of comparing it to my my current job situation, but I but I I feel like that too. That you know, I have this art practice that is so important to me, and I want to keep doing it. But I have so much paid work going on at the moment that when it does come to those you know short bits of time in the day or on the weekend where I think actually I have maybe got a little bit of time to do something, I'm often just way too knackered to even to even focus. So I. I relate and I can only imagine it's amplified if you've got kids in the house too. So before, in advance of this program, I was doing a little bit of reading and thinking about, about the subject of parenting. And I've, I've always really admired the work of Andrea Frank. And she has a publication called The Invisible Spaces of Parenthood, which I don't know if you've come across, but in it, she talks about uh, childcare as the art world's other C word. 
I just wondered what you sort of make of this. Um, you know, is the art world biased against people with with children, and what needs to be done to make the art world more supportive of people with caring responsibilities? I'll start with Lauren. Obviously, it's something that I've kind of been thinking about for many years. Having a child and having childcare needs at all different stages of his life, um, even you know throughout college and even you know when my son was a baby and I was kind of I wanted to kind of start building up a portfolio and applying to to art college and trying to kind of actually just find some classes or some support that was child friendly or you know had childcare option to give me the time to do that to literally start the very first stepping stone of my career um that was difficult and yeah I think childcare is a huge a huge issue um and especially with you know, big institutions that have the means and have the funding that they could provide childcare. I think things slowly are starting to change, but it's taking a long time. But yeah, and I think, you know, the other huge sort of issue is residencies and um, opportunities for professional development where either childcare is needed or again, you know, having to fit around school term time uh, or you know like not being able to kind of just step away from your life for two three weeks to go and do a residency it's yeah there's so many sort of considerations cool thanks robin have you got any thoughts on this oh man i mean there's just so many things that could could be done to help and to make things easier for artist parents. For example, up until last year, I was part of a uh, art collective here in New Orleans and we would have monthly meetings. And, you know, obviously like the majority of people have a nine to five and then the meetings would be at nighttime, usually around seven o'clock. And, you know, my partner, um, he's worked in the service industry most of his life. So, you know, service industry people are working in the evenings and so like even something as small as finding childcare for you know a two-hour meeting it's the it's not just the the time implications but also like the financial implications that you have to think about as a parent and mommy you know oh and my daughter is here by the way she woke up so she's joining mommy. us oh, yeah hold on baby hey. <laughs> Yeah, you said Gypsy's here. The cats are here and the dogs are here, all on our call. Um, just hold on, okay? Mommy just has to say something, okay? Just hold on. Okay. When money is tight and you have to pay to find a sitter so you can go to a meeting, like, it's something that came up in my art collective, actually, because there there were several artist parents um, in our collective. It was, like, 18 people um, membership, and... You know, it's something that we talked about, but wasn't actually ever implemented, but it would have been amazing to have like somebody, I don't know, some sort of help to, to make it a lot more easier and, and less stressful because I mean, I'm sure you can all relate, like having to find last minute childcare is extremely stressful and sometimes not possible. And so when when she was when my daughter was smaller, I was able to take her to the meetings, and she would you know usually just sleep and be on my boob. But then you know when they're older and they're toddlers, like you just can't you just can't do that. Or maybe you can. Like the thing is, it's also about opening the minds of people who 
in these positions and like I've I've seen articles where you know women have taken their children to speak at conferences and I think it's just so brilliant to see that like seeing these women on stage talking about these hugely important topics but then having you know their kid climb all over them like it it's important for people to see that and it's important for people other people to to be shown that that's the reality like if you don't have a choice and you have to bring your kid you know you're gonna have to be okay with this and, and it's about opening people's minds and and I think there's something that has to change on like a very fundamental level people have to get used to parents working with with kids and not just in the art world but across all sectors I'm in academia at the moment and and yeah I agree I think you know seeing parents at conferences you know bringing their kids along is so important for people like me who don't have kids yet or maybe don't know yet whether they're gonna have kids but to see women and men with kids you know still participating in these spaces that have, have been pretty exclusionary for a long time just makes it seem more viable and possible same question to Emily if, if that's okay uh yeah sure so obviously a lot of that kind of bedtime tea time openings and all that stuff I would say I've had like a total mix of experiences from like complete provision offering a nanny and things like that to having to choose between a fee or whether to bring my mom to look after my kid from like being asked if I needed any specific days because of childcare saying that I did and then the institution saying oh well we'd rather it was still this day anyway um so this is sometimes a lip service where there's a kind of asking do you need anything but then really shirking the responsibility and some people usually those who are mothers I have to say are just exceptional in what they they know you need and what they're providing um and residencies were something I did loads before I had a kid um and I've done residencies at places that specifically have uh, something about forbidding children in their contracts to places like Women's Studio Workshop who have an artist parent residency, which is specifically for childcare on top. But there is a slight problem of othering, which I think, you know, you've just been talking about having this modelling of children being involved. So, you know, if it's always separate as a mother or parent category, does that other it? Does it make it less not valid, but maybe less desirable. And I guess my biggest thing that the art world needs to do to support artists who are parents is pay them properly. We know that women earn less than men. We know that women of colour earn less than white women. We're not in a good position to start with as mothers. So that is the single biggest thing any arts organisation can do for artists is pay them properly. The end. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap for another week. Enormous thanks to Robin, Lauren and Emily for their frank and thoughtful discussion of artist parenting. I'm sure that plenty of our listeners, whether they have children or maybe thinking of having them in the future, will find loads to chew over in this week's episode. And as my colleague Jules said the other day, who amongst us wasn't once a baby? As usual, you can find more information about our three featured artists on the Axis website, www.axisweb.org. And you can send us your thoughts on any of the issues discussed on our social media sites using the hashtag LiveOutLoud at AxisWeb on Twitter and Instagram. We really like to hear from you and we love to keep the conversation going online. 
Next week is the final episode in the series, and we'll be looking with boldness and optimism to the future, to the new world order we'd like to see emerge in the wake of the current public health crisis. My guests will be Elsa James, RM Sanchez Camus, and Sean Williams. I can't wait to start plotting with them. So until next week, stay safe, take care, goodbye. <laughs>